when you or your students do stupid, embarrassing things, you should ignore it, right? I don't think so. Man, I bet I don't even have to ask. You know the topic of this episode. You heard the opening. I bet you're already thinking about some of your most embarrassing moments. I'd venture to say that right now, you can pick out number one. You can remember when you were more embarrassed than any other time. I'll share one of the funniest stories I've ever heard about embarrassing And you might never find yourself in this situation, but be thinking about this as we move along here. You can right now think about when you were embarrassed as a teacher in front of other teachers. Then you can think about how you were embarrassed in front of students Maybe you even reacted negatively if they laughed. Then I know that you've witnessed a student being embarrassed or at least being in the situation where most students would be embarrassed. We're going to touch on all of that, how to handle them. I'll be honest with you, my personality, I'm probably going to handle it a little bit differently than you are. Everybody's just different. Everybody gets embarrassed in different ways. In fact, as you know, I'm in my 60s now. I will go ahead and tell you that things that embarrass me all the way, maybe to the age of 45, 50, they don't embarrass me anymore. But we'll talk about all that. Let me begin by telling you what might be the most embarrassing story I've ever heard. This was shared with me by a guy that lived on my college dormitory floor. He said he was out on a date with a very attractive girl. Wasn't the girl that went on to be his wife, but this was in high school. So he said they got home. Back in those days, there weren't a whole lot of bucket seats. They had a bench seat, and she was sitting close to him, but far enough away that uh, she would have to move to one door or the other to get back out of the car. So he brought her to her house. As she was sliding back over to the door, I don't want to use the word. The word sounds so tacky, but she made kind of a sound that was a bodily function that kids giggle about, adults giggle about all the time as she was getting out of the door. She passed gas. So the guy couldn't help it. He immediately started laughing at her. She teared up, opened the door, went running to the front door of the house and went inside. In the meantime, the guy is still out in the car laughing. He finally gains his composure and walks back up to her door. He does know the parents. They had been out with their daughter a couple of times, so he actually had a pretty jovial relationship with the girl's parents. He knocked on the door And the father shows up. The father didn't look mad. He just knew that something was wrong with the daughter. And he said, 
My goodness, what happened? The father asked him, what happened? He described the situation. Even the dad smiled a little bit. And he said, okay, let's let's all gain our composure and see if we can get her to come back. She's upstairs in her room now. Let's see if we can get her to come back down. And you can apologize for laughing at her and all that good stuff. Well, they finally get her to come to the top of the steps. And as she's come back down, both the guy and the father just started cracking up again. And the girl was kind of in humiliation mode. She got over it. They went out on a few dates after that, and she eventually laughed about it. But a lot of times, embarrassment is reactions that we have in the moment that makes us embarrassed. Now, I will say this. The best way to handle any embarrassing situation, to me, is just think about if somebody else you knew, if the same thing happened to them and they were embarrassed too, if you would think that they should be as embarrassed as they are. And I say all that to say this, a lot of times when we feel embarrassed, the uh, the people that we feel embarrassed in front of don't feel near as badly about that situation as we do. It didn't come across as embarrassing as we may have thought. So keep all that in mind. You know, when I first talk about teachers and relationships with other teachers, how they teach, what they teach, you know me well enough from this podcast to know I'm a goofball, and I like to goof around and joke around with the kids. Now, maybe I'll run into a teacher someday that says something to the effect of, Mr. Collins, if you spent as much time trying to educate these kids as you did trying to entertain them, you could be a heck of a teacher someday. I don't know if I ever get that comment. If I do get it, I'll probably say something to the effect, you have a point, but I'm not going to stop creating fun educational situations for these kids. You've got to think through all that. Let's now share some specific things about embarrassment and we'll see how we can move forward because we got to learn how to handle it and we got to learn what to do with it. Maybe one of the weirdest statements you ever hear me say is I'm blessed for being so uncoordinated. And I mean that. I don't have to step into a trash can on purpose in a classroom to get those kids to loosen up and laugh. I don't have to trip over a table leg or a chair leg to get the kids to laugh. I don't have to bump into them or hit the wrong key on a computer just to get them to laugh because that comes naturally to me. It's it's not something that's forced. It's actually a real accident. But I've learned over the years that when I do that, own up to it, make a joke out of it, maybe exaggerate it a little bit. You've heard me say this before. My students say to me all the time, Mr. Collins, we never have to make fun of you. You do a good enough job of making fun of yourself for all of us. And I kind of like that. I've learned that if I'm in an embarrassing situation, make it into an example in the classroom. If I 
trip and fall over a trash can? Well, you know, jokingly make that into a math example. What did I do? If I had stepped two inches to the side, what would I do? If you take the point where I fell and the point at where I tripped and then this front desk, measure the distance. Tell me the area of that triangle. There's all kinds of things you can do. But first of all, if you do something embarrassing in front of your students, make a joke out of it. Create a teaching moment. And by all means, do not act negatively to those students if you hear them giggling, if you hear them laughing. Laugh along with them. If you do something embarrassing, the kids laugh, and then you immediately shut them down like they have no business laughing. Gain your composure, kids. Let's get back to class. There was nothing funny about that. Well, you've lost your kids for at least the next few minutes. If you instead joke around with them, make fun of what you just did, roll with the flow, so to speak, If you've ever watched the show Impractical Jokers, they make fun of themselves all the time, and it is absolutely hilarious. Laughter. It really is the best medicine. I'm sorry for the cliche, but it heals so many things. It makes so many things better. It makes the teaching process more enjoyable. So when you do something embarrassing in front of those kids, work it into the lesson. Make a big deal out of it from a positive standpoint and not from a negative standpoint. And I I think you'll do well in that regard, and the kids will enjoy you for it. I think that's part of the reason they like seeing me in their class is because they know it will be a fun class, and we might accidentally learn something anyway. And I said that on purpose because some of you might have just cringed when I worded it that way. But we're talking about embarrassment here. If it's embarrassment, learn from it and go on. Now, one specific final thing I'll mention about embarrassment in front of kids and something that I've done. I was good at math when I was young, but just like anything else, when you go back to teach young people, I am, for the most part, 45 to 50 years older than the students I'm teaching. And let's face it, even though math doesn't really change, some of the emphasis changes, some of the methods change, some better way of doing things have been discovered, some better way of teaching things have been discovered. A lot of times when I'm going over notes in my class, I will do one of two things. I'll either get the question wrong. If I do that, most of the time, it's not that I don't know it. It's like I'm trying to hurry. I do challenge games with them all the time where they have to get an answer of a problem I throw up on the board that I haven't seen. They have to get the answer before I do. And I'll let them use a calculator and me not. But sometimes I'll write down the wrong answer accidentally. I've got to make sure that I get that corrected. Here's what I have done as an incentive. Since I know it's going to happen, whether either I just had a brain cramp or I'm going, I'm thinking ahead so much that I write down the wrong thing before I get there. That's usually what happens to me. So do this. Keep a bag of cheap treats in the classroom. 
make sure those kids know, especially if it's kids that you're going to teach more than one day, but even kids that you're just there one day, you can tell them this right from the beginning. I tell them, guys, I'm going to occasionally get something wrong. In fact, to challenge you, I might get something wrong on purpose, and it's your job to say, Mr. Collins, you did that wrong. That's the wrong answer. If you point that out, you get a treat. Now, that kind of covers you a little bit. Since you know you're now in that situation, let's be honest, they might not realize that you didn't get it wrong accidentally. Did I say that correctly? That you got it wrong accidentally. And they'll think you did it on purpose just for a reward. That works well. And then you can correct it right on. It's kind of a built-in double check because there's going to be some kids that already know what you're going over, and they will be smart enough to correct you. You can give them their reward. You can move on and say, thank goodness, Johnny, you're here this morning. We've learned so much more. Make a big deal out of it. Don't let them see your embarrassment. Build it into the class. It's going to be more enjoyable that way, and that's what I do with them. Now, embarrassment in front of other teachers, here's my experience. It's just what I've said before. I just roll with it. Sometimes I'll even make the comment in front of them, well, I guess that's why I'm not a regular teacher, and just kind of go with it, man. Don't let it bother you. Make it a learning situation. Even if you think one of the teachers is not treating you very nicely because of your embarrassing situation, just use it with others to strengthen a relationship. Just say, man, I'm almost glad I did that because now I'll learn from it and it won't happen again. Most of the time when I'm thinking about embarrassing situations in front of a teacher, I'm not talking about tripping and falling down the hallway. I'm talking about asking a question that maybe doesn't make any sense. Now, I remember one thing wasn't really that embarrassing, but the schools and every industry for that matter, but the schools have their own set of acronyms. I remember when I first started to substitute teach a lot to the point they actually invited me to some of their meetings and I see an acronym. I am no longer embarrassed to ask them what that means Even if they can't believe, I don't know what that means because I'm new to that acronym. I love them laughing at me. I'll go ahead and say, guys, it's going to happen again. So I don't mind you having fun with me. I'm here because I want to learn and I want to know your acronyms so that I will move forward and you can laugh at me as much as you want. It's not going to bother me because I'm better now than I was 30 seconds ago. Do something like that. If you forget how to do something, I always think about math in front of other math teachers, for instance. It's going to bother you a lot more than it bothers them. They know that a lot of times it's because you haven't refreshed yourself, your knowledge, as recently as they have you'd be shocked, maybe not, but you'd be surprised how willing most of your like teachers want to help you. It makes them feel good, most of them, to be a mentor. 
You can even say embarrassing things in front of them on purpose. That way you can lead into, well, would you be willing to help me with that? And all of a sudden you build a strong relationship with those teachers that wasn't there before only because you have embarrassingly acknowledged your lack of practice or education level in the topic you're talking about, and most teachers would be very willing to talk to you. So we've talked about being embarrassed in front of students. We've talked about being embarrassed in front of teachers and other adults. But maybe the thing we need to work on most is how we deal in the classroom when we realize we have a student that is embarrassed. Now, a couple of examples. I remember a girl in college that slipped and fell on the ice on a ramp coming out of a classroom, and she just slid on her butt all the way down to the bottom of that ramp. I was expecting her to be embarrassed. She was laughing the whole way. She just got up. Her face didn't turn red at all. She didn't let that bother her. Of course, there would be some, and maybe even big, strong guys. I don't want to stereotype here, but if they did something similar, a lot of people would be embarrassed to the point of not knowing how to react when they get up. I remember when I worked at the hospital and I was carrying my computer strapped over my bag and it was a little bit slick outside. I had to walk about a half a mile to one of our other facilities for a meeting. It's quicker walking than it was driving because of all the parking garages. And I did slip. I probably could have corrected myself had I not had that computer strapped over my shoulder and hanging off my back. So the weight and the unbalanced situation caused me to go all the way down. And I think even in the middle of my fall, I remember thinking, man, how many students are walking to class and just saw me do that? It's going to be embarrassing for me. Well, I got up. Sure enough, there were students walking to class. A couple of them were actually walking towards me in case I needed any help. But nobody felt like I needed to be embarrassed. I, you know, we overestimate that sometimes. Maybe that's how we can help out kids who are in embarrassing situations. Here's what I normally do. If a kid does something embarrassing in class, whatever it is, I mean, there's all levels from answering a question or using words that sounded funny that they didn't want to sound funny and the students laugh at them all the way up to something embarrassing happening to them, maybe because of a medical situation and we've got to deal with that. Well, we've got to be prepared for what we're going to do. Now, if it's of a more simpler nature, what I normally try to do is immediately share a story without fabricating too much share a story about something similar that happened to me that I realized 
wasn't as bad as I thought it was, and then trying to relate that story to what the kid just did. There are some students in your classes, and you can think of them right now. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you this example. I know of a couple of students I have that I've actually used the words, there is really nothing I can say to you to embarrass you, is it? Because you know I have a sarcastic sense of humor. A lot of the students are prepared for that, and it doesn't matter what I say to them in class. They will not let themselves get embarrassed. They'll just laugh about it and move on because they know I'm joking. There's other students that I can't say those exact same words to because it will affect them. They will all You, you will be able to see it in their eyes. They'll look around in the room and see, man, should I be embarrassed based on what he just told me? So you got to kind of analyze your students. But if you do see what you think is an embarrassing situation for that student, do your best to not gloss over it, but there'll be situations where you might want to just say, share an embarrassing situation of your own to try to overcompensate for what they just went through. And then you pull the attention back to yourself and Make them realize that they shouldn't have been embarrassed. If it's a more serious situation, and maybe you recognize it and some of the other kids haven't yet, well, there's ways to sit down next to that student and ease their mind and say, here's what we're going to do nonchalantly. Maybe it requires a cleanup. Maybe it requires going to the nurse. You just never know and try to make it as least recognizable as possible. But then there are going to be some situations that you just can't cover up. You just have to be prepared to do your best. If you can't create a situation that's going to change the embarrassment for that child, well, then take the opportunity maybe later in the day, maybe the next day, where you can sit down with them and just say, how you doing? I remember there was one embarrassing situation this last year that the next day I just walked up to that kid. I had brought in some ice cream sandwiches for some reason, and I can't even remember why. I would occasionally hand one out, and I just went and got this student one. Walked into the classroom that day. I didn't do it really in front of the other students, or I didn't make a show of it in front of the other students. But I just walked over to the student that had been embarrassed the day before. I handed him the ice cream sandwich and said, here, I think you need this today. And that student just looked up at me and smiled. I think they had already walked in, sat down, and hoped not to talk to anybody. But just something small like that was my way of saying, listen, it's over You're going to think about it for a while, but don't let it bother you because it happens to everyone. I don't know if you want to use those words in front of the rest of the class. Those words are something best shared one-on-one. But think about ways that you can overcome embarrassment for that child. A lot of times you might, I shouldn't say a lot of times, sometimes a child may be so embarrassed that they actually ask to be moved out of your class or maybe at least moved to a different period of your class. And if that happens, that happens. And hit them one-on-one after it's over. Be selective in the way that you talk to them later. Maybe they're the kind of personality they just want to forget about it and move on. 
So you don't want to bring it up. But maybe if you just walk up to them and say, glad to have you in class today. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. That way you just acknowledge that they're there. You put everything else behind you and you can move on. So embarrassing situations. Here is what I would say. Bottom line, good old accounting term. The bottom line is this. Remember, it's never as embarrassing as you think it is at first. You can always recover from it. Joke about it if it's something you did and work it into the lesson in some creative way. And if you have to react to an embarrassing situation for the child, use it as creatively and in a way that draws the least amount of attention to that child, even if you have to figure out a story to share that then draws the attention to you. And that way, I think we can overcome and learn from just about any embarrassing situation we ever encounter.